It is good to be here this morning with you. Emmaus has been part of my life now for more than 40 years. And I never knew that when I first came through the doors of Emmaus, back when it was located in Chicago, that my life would be so involved for the college for such a long time. I'm thankful for the influence Emmaus has had on me and would not be where I'm at personally or professionally without it. I've enjoyed walking on the Emmaus Road for all these years, and I hope that each of you is finding your time here beneficial to your walk with Christ. And I encourage you to stay connected after you graduate. When I was asked to speak and found out what topics and words were still available, I chose gentleness. We studied a book at Arbor Oaks recently titled Gentle and Lonely, The Heart of Christ for Sinners and Sufferers. The author, Dane Ortland does a great job showing how the majestic and powerful Christ has a gentle and lowly heart. And I'd like to read a couple of passages from this book now. Starting uh, in this quote, he uh, recites Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And then the author says this, In the one place in the Bible where the Son of God pulls back the veil and lets us peer way down into the core of who he is, we are not told that he is austere and demanding in heart. We are not told that he is exalted and dignified in heart. We are not even told that he is joyful and generous in heart. Letting Jesus set the turns, his surprising claim is that he is gentle and lowly in heart. This, according to his own testimony, is Christ's very heart. This is who he is, tender, open, welcoming, accommodating, understanding, willing. Listen to this. If we are asked to say only one thing about who Jesus is, we would be honoring Jesus' own teaching if our answer is gentle and lowly. Continuing what the author has to say, this is not who he is to everyone indiscriminately. This is who he is for those who come to him, who take his yoke upon them, who cry out to him for help. The paragraph before these words from Jesus gives us a picture of how Jesus handles the impenitent. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. I tell you that it will be more tolerable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom than for you. That's out of Matthew 11 as well. Gentle and lowly does not mean mushy and frothy. Listen to this. But for the penitent... His heart of gentle embrace is never outmatched by our sins and foibles and insecurities and doubts and anxieties and failures. For lowly gentleness is not one way Jesus occasionally acts towards others. Gentleness is who he is. It is his heart. He can't ungentle himself toward his own any more than you and I can change our eye color. It's who we are. This book had an impact on me. And it made me think more about how great our Savior is, but it also challenged me as I seek to grow each day as a follower of Christ. Do I have the same heart? 
Am I gentle? We come to the scriptures and look at the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5. Don't think that these words were written for another culture at another time. Remember that all scripture is inspired of God and is useful for teaching and righteousness. It applies then, it applies now, it will stand forever. About the book of Galatians, John MacArthur wrote this. Galatians is particularly relevant today as personal freedom has become the dominant emphasis of countless philosophies, both within and without Christendom. He wrote those words more than two decades ago, but that summary is still accurate. We all want to go our own way. We know what's best, even as followers of Christ. Our version of Christianity is the best, the most accurate. Well, there's something else you need to consider if you claim to be a Christian. We should be bearing fruit. Something visible, evident, tangible, noticeable by others, and by ourselves. Nine different types of fruit in order. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, our topic for today, and self-control. Now, defined by the Greek words used in the verses, I'd like to give some definitions, but first, a little disclaimer. I never took Greek here at Emmaus. But the Net Bible has some really great functionality, so I relied on that. Love is brotherly love, affection, benevolence. Joy is gladness. Peace is tranquil, lack of conflict, harmony. Patience, yeah, this is one I struggle with, endurance. Steadfastness, forbearance. Kindness, friendly, considerate. There's also a hint of moral integrity in that word. Goodness, uprightness of heart and life. Faithfulness, conviction and belief related to God. Gentleness, mildness of spirit or disposition. Meekness. Probably best translated meekness. Self-control, mastering your desires and passions. And these are all actually commanded of us in various places in the New Testament. <clears throat> and here are verses that say as much, and there are other verses, but I'm not going to get into all of those. But I do want to run through these real quickly, because I think it's really neat how they're, we're told to do these things. John 13, 34, on love. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. James 1, 2, consider it all joy when you experience trials. Peace, Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Notice that peace is connected to prayer. If we're missing peace in our lives, we most likely need to spend more time in prayer. James 5.8 says, Be patient, strengthen your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is near. 1 Thessalonians 5.14 says, Be patient with everyone. 
Colossians 3.12 tells us to put on a heart of kindness, humility, and patience. Goodness, Luke 6, love your enemies, do good. Faithfulness, 2 Corinthians 5.7, walk by faith and not by sight. Gentleness, Philippians 4, 5, let your gentle spirit be known to all. And also Galatians 6, 1. I've, Galatians 6, 1 through 10 has been prominent in my life for quite a while. I love the various emphasis it gives there, and I've tried to let that have an effect on my life. But Galatians 6, 1 says this. Brothers and sisters, if a person is discovered in some sin, you who are spiritual Restore such a person in a spirit of gentleness, looking out for yourselves because you might be tempted as well. Self-control, 2 Peter 1. This is a longer section, but listen closely to what it has to say. Now for this reason also, apply all diligence and to your faith supply moral excellence, to your moral excellence knowledge, and to your knowledge self-control. And to your self-control, perseverance. To your perseverance, godliness. To your godliness, add brotherly kindness. And to your brotherly kindness, add love. Verse 8, for if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Back to gentleness. The word is also translated as meek. Similar words, kind, tender, sympathetic, considerate, merciful, forgiving, forbearing. Opposites? Mean, severe, cruel, harsh. Violent or just unkind. <laughs> what describes us as Christians? How do we act in a situation or a confrontation? How do we react when someone is wrong? And I'm by wrong, I'm not talking about sin, although that's in this as well, just wrong. Someone is incorrect in either what they say or do. How do we handle that? Are we gentle? What is first in our minds in a situation? Is it a fruit of the Spirit or something else? Can someone say that you are more gentle, more meek now? than you were in the past. Can you say, can you say that you are more gentle, more meek than you were in the past? You'll find that as you mature that your relationship to scriptures will change. And I find this true of all types of scripture we gain a deeper understanding of the history. It becomes more rich to us. We appreciate the beauty of the poetry even more fully. We love the gospel even more. Never gets old. Never gets old. 
and we lean more and take more comfort from the prophecy. Now, I had barely read this passage in Galatians when I first came to Emmaus back in 1982. When I was young, I read this and I'm like, fruit? That's weird. Why fruit? Oh, okay. It's something that can be seen. I get it. I hope I make sense with what I'm going to say next. At this point in life, spiritual fruit is more foundational in myself and in others. Let me try and explain that. In myself, it's a check. Am I demonstrating these things? Are they visible to others? Do I have enough fruit? Should there be more? Am I more fruitful? Are more of these visible in myself? Do these things characterize me more than five years ago? More than 10 years ago? Again, going back real quick. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Do I have more of those now than in the past? But also when doubts arise about my salvation, this is a great help. Those doubts grow less over time, but they still come up sometimes. If I'm bearing fruit, if those things are increasing, that's a good thing. I have served in various levels of Christian leadership for many years now. Served as an elder at Arbor Oaks for more than a decade. Was in full-time ministry at Lakeside Bible Camp near Seattle. And we will get people who want to come and do some type of ministry at the chapel. Or I remember this even more, more clearly at the camp. Music, lead a study, something else. And we look at that person from the outside. We look and see what they're like. How do we know if they're a Christian? Are we seeing any spiritual fruit? We ask for a reference. What's their walk like? Are they demonstrating spiritual fruit? Our Heavenly Father, I pray for all of us here, Father, that we would be daily seeking to increase the spiritual fruit in our lives. Thank you for giving us this passage that comforts us, that encourages us, that emboldens us to live more for you each and every day. It's through your blessed Son we pray. Amen. Have a good weekend.